get a mic check. Mic check, please. Testing. One, two, three. Welcome to the May Long Weekend edition of the Listen Here podcast. It's May 18th, 2020. We have a special guest in studio today, Grace Pan. Welcome to episode three. We've been joined in studio with, by Grace Pan. It's uh, Monday of the August Long Weekend. May Long Weekend. May long weekend. May 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly doesn't feel like the August long weekend. I don't know why. I it's said May that. long weekend. I know. That's why I don't know why I thought it would be the August long weekend. So it's the May long weekend. Doesn't feel like 2020. It's, it's raining. 13 degrees. Gray. Misty. Not. Does not feel like spring really. Did you actually check the weather today? Uh, it was going to be like in the teens all weekend and rainy. The rain is stopped, though. So, my guest today is Grace, and uh, she brings a different perspective to my life because she's grown up in a different generation. She's very involved in social media, which is really interesting to me. So, we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about her early entry into Instagram and... Uh, what she learned and what skills she developed and what natural skills she had from when she was raised as a child and how that evolved into an Instagram account of 15, 16, 17, 18,000 and getting likes, more likes than her friends and counterparts of the day. So now she's a savvy veteran and we are going to uh, start our first segment talking about grace and social media. All right. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for being here. So where do we start? I'll, I'll sit back and you can give me the uh, summary version of how Instagram was introduced into your life and how you decided to start using it. Um, well, Instagram was launched when I was in high school, so everybody had an account, but we were all using the classic Instagram filters. It was use the Instagram app to use as filters. And so it's never For really for selfies? Like for, using, yeah. Yeah, so to, to make your skin look different or your hair look better or something? Or look like it's a 70s film photo or look oh, like... Oh, so like layers on like top. Like okay. yeah. to make it look aesthetically pleasing. Right. So um, that's what everybody did and nobody really, I guess at that time, challenged the status quo of what people do now, which is edit on a different program and then upload that picture that wasn't edited on Instagram. So I would say the Instagram's editing tool is probably not very useful or not used very often now, except for maybe by six-year-old bakers and grandmas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's interesting. So Instagram bit. hasn't kept up the pace or decided it isn't in their best interest to be providing the filters and the add-on yeah, and tools? I, I think the filters are still there. I just don't think they really... Um, time over time decided that you know it's not really something they want to invest their energy into until Instagram stories which we can talk about a little later with the filters and all that stuff but everybody's photos look the same and back then what bloggers really meant was you upload it was very niche which is what people say now but it, that back then there's not really a oh this person is a lifestyle blogger or this person is a moody and dark right. blogger it's just food Fashion or daily inspirations. Very simple. Photos are only to help you communicate your message and 
there's not really a lot of um, you know one-on-one -on -one interactions that as much as we have today and so um, when I was in university a really good friend of mine their family opened up a restaurant and you know food bloggers were emerging I think Toronto and New York they were kind of very competitive I think New York started the whole food blogging um, sort of trend where people eat at restaurants and talk about it and photograph all these delicious food porn photos yep. and hoping that it would go viral and that's also what encouraged restaurants to start making secret menus and uh, as a way to just gain some buzz um, but back then you know buzz worthy things was not necessarily connected to what PR meant now it's all one big machine um, and so I was thinking, well, I, you know, we can't really, I've never really done events before. I was planning food festivals back then, but, um, didn't really know anybody who did blogging personally. And so I figured I would just secretly start my own page and hopefully it'll take off whatever taking off means and, um, help my friend, uh, promote their family restaurant. And I did it without really telling anybody and it was anonymous and I just posted pictures. I've always taken photos of food. So I actually had a whole catalog going. And then fast forward to a year later, I had about 10,000 followers, um, not bought, just from posting, engaging with people and um, slowly and surely, I think people who I knew of or knew personally started following me and I used to get really nervous and yep. I would block them and unblock them so they would unfollow me. It's like a weird yep. thing where I don't want anybody to know that it's me. And so then at one point, can I swear on this channel? Yeah, this is, not, a, this, is not under, <laughs> this is not under CRTC or anything. Well, at one point I decided, fuck it, I don't, I, I shouldn't have to He's, live under this, you know, shadow and um, I post I remember. FCC, not FB, anyways. FCC? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was PG-13. No, CRTC is the Canadian Radio and Telecommunications Council or something. That restrictions of over, like, over yeah, the air radio. Yeah, acronyms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I stopped because I said FEC. Okay. Um, it's F -F -C. I forget what I was saying. I'm writing questions as we go along. This oh, is really okay. interesting. Go ahead. Oh, it's As it? you were. Mm -hmm. Is it? Raising eyebrows. Mm -hmm. Emoji. Uh, then yeah, so I, I remember posting a, the first photo that I ever posted of myself, um, and it was me at this restaurant, which is now closed down. It, it was this is ice cream? This was not ice cream. I was holding a teacup, I think, and then Ray, my friend Ray, took it, and I wasn't really ready, so it was kind of like a natural, and then that was the beginning of the fake laugh. Yeah, oh, yeah. Everybody, oh, laugh! <laughs> <laughs> We're done. Your, your uh, stomach uh, uh, is, you know, laugh from your diaphragm. And so, man, I, I guess that was, even though it's something very minuscule, it's not very um, big of a deal that, you know, but it, it seemed like a big deal back then to have your face suddenly. So you were, right, yeah, you're putting a name to your account that didn't have your name on it. Nope. This was Phone Eats First. Just right? Phone Eats First. Yeah. So eventually I just added Grace on the um, name. So it's Phonies first and underneath it says Grace Toronto. Yeah. That way there, there is a little of a bit of an association. And then, um, I remember... <laughs> if you could own the name Grace, that would be awesome. <laughs> How many like if you could get so popular. Oh, like, like Queen Elizabeth? Yeah, or no, but no. <laughs> or any of them. 
Like you're just Grace know. of Instagram. I don't know if Grace is a badass name. You wouldn't be able to patent it or, or trademark it or like get Instagram no, to, to uh, recognize you as Grace. But if you were just known as Pony's First Grace, would be pretty Grace cool. is such a soft name. I don't know. I never really felt like I was a... Like growing up, I never really felt like I was a graceful person. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyways. Yeah, so I then... So you tied your face to your, to your account. Yes. For the first time. And I remember when I went to get this waffle, go to this waffle place, which was really popular uh, back then. A lot of bloggers were helping this grandpa, you know, launch his business um, in a really empty plaza. And then I went. And in then, Markham? In Markham. Yeah. And a girl was asked, she like was staring at me and she asked, are you Grace? And I said, yeah. And I remember I was wearing these gray sweatpants, uh, which I still have now. I wear to bed. And I didn't have my glasses on. I looked horrid. And I was sort of freaking out. I said, like, yeah. She said, oh, your phone needs first. I said, yeah. And then I realized, oh, it's real people. Online. It's hard to remind. It's hard to actually be aware of the fact that it's real people talking to you online, especially when I was just anonymous. And I was like, oh, just numbers. You look at, oh, 100 likes. Oh, it's just a number. It's not real people double tapping and viewing your content. Um, I mean, of course, you can buy likes, but that wasn't what I was doing back then. So that's when I realized that it, you kind of have to be careful about what you say online. And um, you know, surely there were negative PR that came out about bloggers who were saying racist comments. Or, um, and, you know, when I was saying, thinking in my head, you need to be careful about what you say. It's not like, you know, being, saying mean things, but also being aware that if you're responding to someone, it's a real person yeah. someone said oh this photo is ugly which i've never really gotten before luckily i know people who have um just you know treat them with kindness and i think that's really and not get too worked up if you get a negative get, comment exactly and that's when i think i realized you have to um where that kind of it's like a split personality i know that's a like a you know more scientific term but if you think of yourself as a different like a separate entity from yourself you don't get hurt as much. So it's a self-defense mechanism? Yeah. Well, that's also, that's interesting. I never thought about it as a self-defense mechanism for you. Because what our listeners don't know. One listener, Karen. <laughs> what our listeners don't know about. So Grace also has a YouTube channel. And I don't, I mean, I don't know how many subscribers you have. I don't know, like a hundred? Yeah. Which is actually still, still pretty awesome considering I don't even think I know a hundred wow, people. Wow, thanks. And so Grace really funny. And really I natural. Oh, and honestly, if it was 1980s, you'd say, oh, she would be good on the Food Network or some network That's that nice. doesn't exist anymore because cable, most people don't have cable. Food anymore. Network exists. Like no, I know, but this just, it's not so pervasive. It's not everywhere. Right. Anyways, like you'd be like Oprah because you're so good in front of the camera. It's so funny. I but you're, I mean, you actually don't are. Don't bring people's expectations up now. You are way, well, you, no, so I'll say something that might not sound that nice, but you're way funnier on YouTube than you are actually in real life. <laughs> That's, I mean, I think it is. Yeah. So you either let your guard down or you become someone different to protect yourself. Yeah, you know, that is weird because I think I probably act different with you than I do act, say, around my friends who I just make fun of all the time. Maybe. I mean, yeah, I make I fun of you, but not the same way. But I don't say, you're so dumb, you're so stupid. And yeah. Not that way, but, you know, say, what the heck? You know, yeah. things like that. Well, I wouldn't like say that to you, but I would say that to my girlfriends or guy friends. Or to a camera where there's not an immediate reaction. 
attraction. Yeah. Or I, I would also not want to look so dumb around you than I would maybe around other people. Yeah. Because, you know, I want to keep a nice image. So you, you've mentioned a couple times now already, and I've never asked you this. So I've heard about that like, you can get, and I've gotten the tweets or the emails saying, you know, you want more Twitter, you want more followers on your Twitter account or whatever, you know, contact mm -hmm. us and we'll give you like a thousand likes. Yeah. Yeah. So how does that work? They they just have a, a, an automated bot that can just create thousands of usernames and manage them and visit an account and just like, 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 like a thousand times? So, yeah, it's evolved a lot. It, it, with most technology, it's become an, an art form. Is it still is it still done? It is. The, the only thing is it's not done as much anymore. I think the man has gone down because there are more tools to be able to tell if you're it's a bot or you pay the right. service versus back then there's not really tools to really enforce that transparency and and um make sure that people are are what's the word for you know um legitimate legitimate yeah so if you take a step back if people would want more followers and more likes so that they could take their metrics to an agency and say listen i'd like a thousand dollars to post exactly. something for you because i have all of these followers and they instantly give me a like and exactly. you get all and, and it's also so those agencies would buy a tools mm -hmm. to point out okay this guy's a phony these aren't real likes like they so, have some way to figure it out it is i think it started way smaller <clears> than that i think back then people would Followers are a funny thing. It means the most, the more followers you have, which I think you know by now, the more popular you are. And not necessarily as a blogger, but say you're in school and that's why they add a layer for kids nowadays. It's if I have more views or, or followers on Instagram, TikTok, I am, I, I'm worth more. My social currency is a lot higher than someone yep. else. And I have more of a say, even though it's not really tangible, it's intangible. And so Some what, people used to just buy followers to just for their personal pages and add a hundred and look yeah. like, hey, I'm following two hundred people, but I have three, four hundred followers. That means more people care about me than the amount of people I care about. So you know, I, and my value kind of goes up. And I think for bloggers, you're right. It's exactly that where you take that metric to an agency, or you don't even need to take it to an agency. When influencer marketing boomed, agencies were looking out for looking up influencers just browsing through and i think that's how some agencies found me too just from seeing popular pictures and realize oh if they're based in toronto their matches look good um now because it is a thing and there are more bloggers given that it, it's a big industry it's worth now i think a few billion dollars from just a few million back more. five years ago yeah, probably and more. <clears throat> you know of course that will entice people to begin their own blogs or you know i think everybody i know who have or, or are pregnant try to be a mom blogger it's yep. it's just Agreed. a natural thing yeah. to go not that there's anything wrong with it but that's where you know if you really have a unique voice you'll actually it'll turn into something but so the supply or it's just idle hands it's the same reason why people are making <laughs> podcast because well, we're yeah. in a pandemic and it's idle hands so let's well but it. i think for podcasts, i mean it's if you enjoy it versus yeah. you're speaking on something you're maybe hopefully we're learning about each other and it's not like instagram where you post a picture and you need to add filters it's purely superficial what are you really learning about if anything it puts a distance between you and the person that's viewing your photo so 
So supply went up, and that's where now influencers are pitching to agencies. They they realize if I put my name in front of these people, I will make money. So um, back then it was really you know an agency would send you an email or invite you to this event and fly you out, and you I mean they don't really know how they find you until you of course when you think about it. Oh, it's my hashtags. Oh, it's my locations with my photos, or I know this person. So or popular. Instagram personalities like your photos and follow you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> this is interesting. So have you ever thought, so have you ever thought, I, I, for every unit that Insta social media has climbed and mm -hmm. become more pervasive in society and more influential, it's actually taken, it's been at the cost of newspapers, right? So, it is? so, well, no, this is, I'm asking if you ever thought this, this is, Kind of my theory is, mm -hmm. so there'd be sections that newspapers had, sections of their paper that over time, newspapers had for information or to produce money. So it'd be like, like as you say, food, mm -hmm. fashion, and your weekend edition would have a fashion section, and they'd have an auto section, and they'd have uh, real estate, um, maybe outdoor living. Or something like that and then there'd be yep. the news sports business mm -hmm. all that and so those segments those sections were i think honed over years where this is what people want this is what people will read and this is what mm -hmm. advertisers want to be associated with so they want to be beside the auto section of a review of a fancy car selling hyundai's or whatever mm -hmm. <clears throat> or uh or even chanel wants to be yeah have a nice photo in the lifestyle section of maybe some celebrities in their gowns or whatever they're wearing, the latest fashions for spring or fall or whatever like that. So, so really that, that, I mean, now we don't, we have generally no newspapers or newspapers that are producing only online and not really employing people and not really making any money, which is fine. It was a just dead tree media, just killing trees to print media every day. But really, so so that's what it's, that's what social media has done. It's just, it's killed that paper that shows up at your door on weekends and weekdays, which I, is not bad. Yeah, yeah. It's just that that's that, have you ever thought about that? Yeah. That you, you that you kind of were on the front lines in the first generation that was bringing information to people <clears throat> that was inf that was uh, yeah. important to you and interesting to you, and then people followed you because it was also important or. Them. Yeah, it, you're right. It's um, for newspapers. Um, one thing, it's the lack of adoption. They're not adapting as quickly as the world is evolving. So it's, it, I think, newspapers, if they caught on and respected platforms like Instagram and Facebook earlier and didn't think they were invincible, they would be in a much better place. Yeah. And if they were more open-minded about collaborating with writers, I mean, a lot of bloggers actually are contributors now because newspapers can't afford full-time writers. So yeah. writers lose their jobs and then they try to become these, you know, bloggers or writers of their own and do freelance work. And bloggers, again, they come in and they are great writers as well. And I mean, you think? I, 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 I think that's probably a rare thing is that people who are, Creating their own content, or actually, they don't have an editorial, an editor above them saying, yeah. uh, "You know, your your voice here is off, or your grammar is horrible." If it was six years <laughs> your ago, your writing style is awful, and you were an original person, you're a person who started off with blogging. <clears throat> you're writing. You got started, and you got popular because people love your writing, and then you then took that 
following. That How can you write on Instagram though? You can't. Well, that's where you start. First started with blogs. Blogs exploded. Yeah. That's yeah. where articles and. So you'd have a link on your post, and people would look at your photo. And this is not Instagram yet. And then before, when Instagram yeah. began, they yeah. would have link in bios, or they would write in captions, and they had to learn what this really meant and what what would Instagram do for me that my blog cannot do. And for many of them, maybe Instagram outgrew their blogs, or maybe Instagram never took up as much of their blogs could. So. They all have different purposes, different platforms attract different audiences. Yeah. And um, for writers, I mean, sometimes newspapers actually now recruit bloggers. I mean, Forbes was asked, like, they asked me to write that bakery article because they want to hopefully you would talk about it and drive some readership to their website and make their articles more relevant because who better to hire or ask to contribute than people who live in the topic every day yeah. and can actually speak on it from a much more personal versus bias and it comes to when it comes to advertising too i think people knew the politics behind publications and newspapers could and couldn't say certain things because advertisers there's mm -hmm. a big conflict there mm -hmm. and bloggers were just you can say whatever the fuck you want and no one's really going to stop you but now that's also changed too it's like what we talked about with cable networks sorry mom i swear and people, uh, I forget what I was saying. Sorry, I interrupted. You're saying uh, people could say whatever they wanted. Yeah, people could say whatever we want. But as the industry evolves, now <coughs> bloggers are getting or Instagrammers are getting sponsorships, so now they can't really say whatever they want. Yep. And I think what another one is magazines that really notice a shift, where editors used to be this. You know royalty and they were treated they were flown out to shows and they can watch and you know they get invited to front rows and now they've been replaced by bloggers and of course they felt threatened but if you're going to remain in that mindset i think this applies to a lot of industries you're going to remind re remain in that mindset where there's no growth and you deserve to be there because of your title then you're really going to be the one who falls behind. Do, you, <laughs> do you think it's mostly time though because a social media personality goes to an event, they can post quickly and the information's out there where a magazine yes. posts every month. That too. So that no one's going to wait. <clears throat> and and exactly. the, bad, the vanity fairs of the world, let's say, as an example, there's, their presence online isn't that strong, so they might publish the article online and yeah. publish it in a piece of paper, but still it's not immediate. Exactly. So it's just they've just never, ever, it's just like if they were big ships, they weren't able to move or adapt. Or had so much exactly. debt, or had such were so greedy, or advertisers left so fast they didn't know what to do. It's, it's super interesting from my perspective. But I knew that I mean you didn't grow up with a newspaper on your doorstep every morning. Yeah, I did. Did you? Yeah, my friends used to you know ride around the neighborhood and throw newspaper like, at <laughs> like okay. Luke from our family. Yeah, I was gonna say that. I kind of wanted to do that at one point, but I really don't think I can sustain biking for that long. It's too much. Or be outside. <laughs> Grace, Grace but I can skateboard. Grace doesn't like being outside that much. I do. <clears throat> just not. You know, okay, so this gets us to you. You brought up the word bloggers way more than I expected. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think of blogging anymore because I just think it's just everything is a picture and a few words. Yeah. There's really not anyone giving opinions or doing research, but maybe there is. I, I mean, I don't see it in my in my life. Yeah, and I think that's where when we think about the two different platforms or multiple platforms separately, people will always be Googling or 
searching for how-tos, recipes, or, I mean, that's the most thing people yep. probably search for. Or, or training, training manuals or instruction manuals. If you buy something exactly. and get it online, it arrives. It's not like you talk to a salesperson in the store yeah. or a customer service person in the store and they explain how to use it or put it together. I mean, you, it arrives, you open the box. There might be some paper instructions, which are still a resource, but I mean, it's, we're always going to need these things online now. I mean, it's, so the difference is instead of CNET or instead of Investopedia or Wikipedia, it's blogs. It's really just another name for articles now, yeah. I think. Um, instead of having a giant like BuzzFeed published, now everybody has a voice. You just need to bump up your SEO. Okay. So the evolution of social media is, or online is, internet browser, Facebook, Twitter. So Facebook was telling your life through pictures and descriptions and telling your life in the way that you want it. So it was generally what I think is people display the life they wish they led mm -hmm. or they hope people believe they lead. Yeah. And then Twitter became <clears throat> not so much photos, but just either humor or hatred. And then it went to Instagram, which is photos. Mm -hmm. which is just like Facebook without the words. So this is how I am or, and I'm so much, I lead such an exciting life or this is the life, exciting life that I don't lead, but I want to have it the perception so that people just respect me more. Yeah. Which gets us to TikTok, which is videos, no photos mm -hmm. generally. Mm -hmm. And it isn't so much about this is the life that I lead, I haven't quite figured it out yet. I mean, you get lots of videos on there. <clears throat> Do-it-yourself home. Uh, women not wearing clothes to get attention. Or wearing very few clothes or to get attention. Or because they just feel good about themselves. Or they just want to, yeah, they want to express themselves. And get, no, it probably is to get attention and likes. No? Well, not necessarily. Well, this is a conversation. So anyways, we get from the internet all the way to... TikTok, which is the latest version of social media, mm -hmm. which seems to be, I mean, it's pretty entertaining. So it's here to stay and it's going to evolve a bit and it'll be replaced by something. So what do you think about TikTok? And then what do you think about what may be the next form of user generated content or social media? Yeah, I don't think TikTok is necessarily going to be replaced. I think Again, like the other platforms, Instagram's not really going to be replaced. It's just the way people use it evolves. And like Facebook now, it's people, I think, connect with their family or share memes online. And Instagram, it's, I think people are shifting to a more inspirational, kind of like a Pinterest user, user behavior. People don't engage with it as much. Um, most, they'll maybe tap a like, but the number of comments has gone down. And TikTok is really where people can it's so much easier to go viral because people are on there to express themselves in a way that they cannot uh, on other platforms. One, because the editing power of right. TikTok is tremendous. Right. So you can do something and it looks perfect, but the, the reality is it's taking you seven hours to do it. Uh, yes. So you can, you can show your best life. You can show your best life. Not necessarily. <laughs> no, it doesn't have to be show your best life, but it's, I, I really don't think TikTok is necessarily showing off. I mean, of course, there are accounts that are, could be showing off. Look at my big house. Look at all this money that I have. Uh, it, it's really more so about sharing what I know and making your life easier. Or let's say teaching people 
how to's. Oh, yeah, like life hacks and stuff like that? Life hacks. That's a genre well. for sure in there. Yeah, or yeah. what people are doing at home, recipes, and make it look as easy as possible. It's a lot more challenging to make content on TikTok. But what I meant by editing tools is the, the app, you can add a lot more editing effects onto it. You can cut videos. You, you just can't do that on Instagram. You can't do that on oh, Facebook. Yeah, yeah. YouTube, you can barely do So you something. can make it look vintage or have sparkles on it or whatever. You can do yeah. that. And also you can cut videos and add text onto it, yeah. different fonts. And uh, that's what really allows people to um, make their videos stand out. And not necessarily, it's not really, I personally don't think um, people are on TikTok to get attention the same way they're trying to get attention on Facebook or Instagram. I think it's more so about, I really want to find my voice and individuality through TikTok. And how can I provide something that will be helpful to people versus Instagram is how can I keep all my secrets but make my pictures and videos look so nice, but you know what, no one's gonna know how you did it. But you know what, I'm gonna go to TikTok and that's where you're gonna have to go to learn how I added this filter on my video. So that way I'm getting audiences, different audiences on all platforms. So this makes people happier because they can express themselves. The utility back to the society is very little unless serious genres start up with how-to life hacks. You mean on TikTok? Yeah. It, it, I think it depends. I don't think there's just one type of people who use TikTok. Um, some people maybe didn't expect to... Maybe fall in love. I think most kids now want to probably enroll in dance schools because of Charlie D'Amelo. Yeah. If I'm saying her name correct. Um, I think it's opened up possibilities, but yeah. it's also installing a false sense of reality to... I think we're raising a bunch of narcissists growing up. It's, I need to be in front of the camera. I need to be good. Which is a very important skill to have. Move to LA and move into a 10,000 yeah, square foot move house. Move into a high house. A nice house, nice And car. that if <laughs> Just I... Just do videos all day. Yeah, <laughs> if I make a cool video and I go viral, then I don't have to worry about the rest of my life. But, you know, there, there's a lot more work that goes behind these so-called... They're not kids, but these videos of dancing. They're, they have managers. They have to plan out their content calendar they have to um, promote their merch as part of the video and there's just a lot more layers that i don't think kids really understand that's a dangerous thing about tiktok because you mindlessly scroll through them and you try to become certain things but you don't actually realize that that's not your only option and even though it's being painted as yeah the, one of the best options out there the the pandemic quarantine has helped them too i'm, I'm guessing Helped who? TikTok. Helped TikTok. Oh, yeah. it's helped. I think it's helped anybody on the internet. If you're on YouTube, you're on Instagram, the average CPM now has gone down by 50%. So the cost of impression. So that's cost per a thousand times uh, someone has seen it. So that means that advertisers are less eager. So they're paying less. It means, it means more people are online. People are spending more time online. And there's a whole new different like generation that's logging online. So that means it's cheaper to have people see a picture or a video just because there are more eyeballs on their phones. Okay, explain this to me. I understand the, the metrics that you're saying. So the CPM is cost per thousand, cost per mil. Cost per thousand. Cost per thousand. No, I don't. The, the, the M is M-I-L-L. Like the, French, the French version of thousand mil, cost per mil. Okay. That's why CPM came from. I thought M was for impressions. 
No, that would be I. CPI, cost no, per inch. Okay. No, it's M. I'm pretty sure it's M. It, like no, the it, French no, no. word for thousand is it no. It is M. Okay. I, okay. I may be wrong. We can do this research before we post this. Anyways, it doesn't matter. So the co you're saying the cost per thousand impressions is down. But my, what I'm saying is, why is it down? Because, because advertisers aren't willing to pay as much, or the, the amount of money out there is less, or the amount of money out there is more. There's no. more competition for the impressions or less competition. It's because more people are online and they're spending more time online. What? So more people are on their phones, that means more people are going to be viewing content. Okay. So it's so, not as expensive to target these people anymore. Because there's so many people online that if you buy an impression, if you buy a, a spot where they're going to see it, there's more people going to see it. Yeah. Okay. And so that means that's the cost to the advertisers down. You can get all of these impressions for $100 where it used to be just these few impressions for $100. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's right. Okay. That does, that, I mean, that does make sense. So it's a, it's, a, it's a better time to be out there as an advertiser because you have a captive audience and everyone's looking to be more eyeballs looking. It is. And it's also a really good time to be a creator because more people are spending time uh, viewing the stuff that you create or one creates. That does make sense. I wonder if that's the, the case for TV. I mean, I don't watch TV with, with commercials anymore. I, I don't have cable. I stream everything. There's no commercials. It is. Um, so TV the commercials though, I see are in online with, with yeah. I'm shopping or if I am on like a social media device. But you're also one of the, the only part of the big, big population. So TV is actually, was actually kind of in trouble because most advertisers were pulling sure. TV ads because... It wasn't very appropriate for this COVID, you know, friend, COVID environment where um, many ads were. Ad business. No, many ads were promoting uh, social gathering. Oh. And right. you you have to pull those because now we're all social distancing. Right. So right. the only way you know advertisers had to TV, I guess they were just living off of the penalties that they had to charge these advertisers and. That's where huge negotiations... It's interesting. I, I just assume, I'm not, obviously it's a wrong assumption, but everything I consume doesn't have, like I, if I watch Netflix or Crave or Disney Plus mm -hmm. or whatever, there's no, there's no ads I'm seeing. So I'm watching more TV and I'm not seeing mm -hmm. more ads. I'm uh, personally. Yeah, because... My mom and dad are in their, their seniors, they're seeing more commercials maybe because they, that's how they watch TV traditionally. But then, if you're 20, 20 years old, you're, you're watching it the same way I'm watching it, Netflix or... So then those Unless ads... Unless you watch YouTube. YouTube is, yes. So then those ads made for TV would not be targeted to you anyways. Because the user behavior is that this younger generation is shifting away from traditional TV. Yeah. And so those ads made are going to be targeting boomers or older. older. Right. And so that's why the creative had to be changed. You can't just use a TV commercial on Instagram. It won't work. It's too polished. It's too... Too long. Um, so you would never have a photo of a bunch of people cheersing with Perrier on Instagram. It, ha it has to be a little unpolished for it to work on the social media platform. Versus on TV, it's very it's a sunny day, everybody's smiling, slow motion. Yeah. Sorry to smile on your notebook. Okay. Uh, slow motion, and you know, and then you end with a big, big um, logo. Versus on social media, you have to introduce your logo or branding within the first three seconds, because or else it's going. People are not going to recall your brand, no matter how great your creative is.
Interesting. <laughs> That's funny. Three, three seconds. I remember what they used to say websites have to open within eight seconds. <laughs> Or people yeah. will go to a different website. I mean, you, no, never I wait. you would never wait anything for eight seconds anymore. Oh, no. It's probably <laughs> milliseconds. So, um, okay, so let's give you the rundown. So, Grace is a savvy veteran of Instagram because of her age. And she was just at the right point in her age. To, and she was the right personality to get active in it. And was, uh, has lots of experience. So I will say, though, yeah. a lot of people that I know, a lot of my really good friends, they are older they're in their 30s and 40s and they're just as savvy oh yeah it's not, not necessarily no no i know yeah, well the kardashians are older too I mean, you know i'm not saying it has to be specific so then i was just going to say that so and you're also you have some exposure to youtube you don't do videos as often because it takes too much time is that, is that the it does theory? take a lot of time i think it's the cost of um opportunity cost because i you know, it's with after work and my shoulders are in pain being on the laptop all day and editing is also adds a lot of stress on your body. And at one point you don't want to do something, push yourself so hard to the point where I've experienced before and you hate doing what you once really liked mm -hmm. or enjoyed. So I just try not to stress myself out too much. So the key is you, <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, and so where do you think, uh, where do you think this all leads to? Do you think there's going to be constantly, like Facebook was hot for five, six, seven years, and Instagram was hot for five or six, seven years, and then Instagram was going to, and TikTok's going to be hot for four months or something. Like it's going to get. Is it, do you think the window of popularity, where it is a must-have social media destination, is going to uh, shorten, or do you think Instagram will just evolve? over and over again and keep its base? I think all platforms are growing. There are new, <clears throat> there, excuse me, there are new people who are, I don't know the age limit on I think it's 13 or 14. There are new 13 and 14 year olds every day. And they are also new famous 13, 14 year olds every day. So the, the amount of, the, this is why influencers, Instagram or YouTube, they also pay their creators is because they're the people who keep people wanting to log on and see all this amazing oh, right. content yeah. Yeah. so when that supply of creators keeps growing the platform's never really going to die the way people use a platform or the way people spend their time on it may shift uh, i think tiktok is still growing it's going to grow for i think it's only at the beginning mm -hmm. it's barely reached its peak i think it you know it was a big big i think it's probably matured in asia that's where it started from um, and once it now in North America, especially given the quarantine, people are more people are consuming content on TikTok, and this is only the beginning because it's a uh, you know word of mouth where you go TikTok is the best app ever. You have to go, you're gonna get sucked into this, and that's where it grows. And I think it's still growing, and I think there are going to be more and more famous quote unquote with my fingers people on TikTok and driving more fans. And do more of these interactive uh, videos. And I think even with just the way technology is evolving with, um, you know, new innovations, uh, that's what goes viral on TikTok. The more innovations out there, I, I, this is just my opinion, the more, let's say, 3D glasses or, that's kind of a lame example. Something, I don't know, something cool, 360 cam or something. And then, you know, unboxing videos, something even as simple as that. People might even end up going to TikTok for these new, you know, that might be a niche. Yeah, yeah. So, 
on Instagram, it's probably a pretty picture of the product versus TikTok, and I'll actually show you how to use it in one minute. And YouTube is where you really want to dig into the details. It's almost like I get a little interested on Instagram, TikTok. Ooh, that looks like a next new thing. And then yeah. you know what? I'm it's gonna, just richer. I'm gonna Google you it. You have people telling you and showing you and doing it. Yeah, and there's that's, no way you can't begin to understand something on YouTube or TikTok. Yeah, and that's why you have to be really yeah. involved on all platforms so you can fully maximize the your voice, the ex how far your voice goes for a specific topic or whatever it is that you are passionate about speaking about. Okay. I think that brings us to the end of our first segment. I went good. Do you know how long that was? 40 minutes. Oh, that was a long time. You know, podcasts are usually... At most, 40 minutes. No, they're podcasts for an hour, usually. But I think if you like put bumpers at the beginning and if you put some reading, ad read-ins, it gets us... There's not too many. There's not too many that go that long, actually. 40, 45 minutes. I think if we took out the the pauses and the... Yeah. I haven't paused it yet. We're still recording. Okay. <laughs> so, we're going to take a break. I'm going to get another coffee. We are on the May long weekend here. And... Uh, start off with something that I'm interested about. I haven't talked to Grace about this. So this will be uh, uh, no rehearsal, which is what David Letterman We have rehearsal before either. I didn't even know when you started. Yeah, let's go. Okay, I'm trying to give the alert that we're really prepared. Okay, so we'll jump right into it. Podcasting. So po I got into podcasting, listening to podcasts. Uh, I got into podcasting two weeks ago, <laughs> but I got into listening to podcasts about maybe three years ago and so I think what I like about it is I, it is still nice to have storytelling and I don't know if that's something that gets goes back to like elementary school and having your teachers read to you or if it's just a it's something that isn't done anymore I mean obviously everything we touched on with your version of social media is visual and very little storytelling uh, but this is storytelling, and the, I mean the podcasts that I like are crime-based genre, crime-based genre. Mm -hmm. It's like a drama, uh, non-fiction, like a real story where someone has gone missing, or someone was murdered, and or something has happened and it's never been solved. And so mm -hmm. it's like a documentary without the visuals. So it's easier for this content to be created. There still is an investigative journalism aspect, which mm -hmm. people you have to research and you get the list of suspects and you do background research onto these individuals. And you do timelines and generally why it's unsatisfying is it never really gets to a, like the final podcast, the episode of the podcast doesn't say, and for this reason, I think it's Jimmy that did it because, because he, you know, the podcaster can't do that. They would get sued. You can't accuse someone yes. of a murder or a crime. That's right. 
But that's probably that's probably what the police get to too, is they just never ever often can find out who it is. Right. Anyways, but it is it is suspect. I mean, I really do like it, and there's they're so rare that when you do come across a good one, it's a page turner. It's like a book that you can't put down. And you can't wait till that next podcast comes out. Right. That's me. That's my perspective. Yeah. There are m- many genres. There's self help, just like this sections in a eight chapters. Self help, how to lose yeah. weight, how to keep weight off, how to speak better in public, how to you know, influence people, whatever it is. Well, you don't need that. No. (laughs) And there's another one that I like is athletes, even stupid ones, but athletes who talk to other athletes and share stories. It's amazingly, it's amazingly entertaining to listen to sometimes even guys who have a very, uh, either a short attention span or a very small vocabulary. Some of the stories are, I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's why everyone, or why sometimes look up to athletes is because of their exposure just to or I guess maybe why males look up to other male athletes is because they just have a life where they're just constantly around guys and other guy who and, and famous ones that, that, uh, like celebrities almost yeah so that's another genre I listen to so but that is new media I mean that, you know that it's outside of radio, it's outside of the CRTC, it doesn't have to be regulated, there can be swearing and there can be off-color stories, mm-hmm. and, the, and so the, the sub-genres within the, all of these podcasts are infinite, because you can do whatever you want, you can focus on stories in the off-season, or murders, or serial killers, or whatever, I mean, it's, right. it's just so, it's so microscopic. Mm-hmm. So, the flip side is, is those people are doing it mostly for money, which is good. So they do their own ad reads. It doesn't work if you insert a commercial. You have to say, you know, this segment of who did it is sponsored by HelloFresh. HelloFresh, bringing meals to people as you are going through this pandemic or whatever. And so it is a different way to deliver ads. So, I mean, that is also going to change the way who's willing to be a part of these podcasts and, and be a part of something where maybe things are off color. Yeah. So that's not Procter and Gamble. I mean, I don't think they would ever risk themselves. So I guess hopefully, I, what's that? Well, yeah. So okay. So I will set the stage. So you and I have really never talked about podcasts. I've given you a few that I listen to. One on uh, the marketing industry, kind of like a, a, a non-fiction version of Mad Men, which is uh, under the influence. Under the influence. Mm-hmm. Which has a CBC, or it was a CBC originally. It's, it's I don't think it's under yes. the CBC umbrella anymore. Alphabet. So, um, uh, so that was one that I gave you. Anyways, so what? Do, how do you think this will evolve for advertisers and podcasters? Because I think there's going to be more and more podcasters uh, because there's more and more people looking for to be spoken to. Mm-hmm. So, uh, with that table set, the dishes are out, the splatware is on. The table is yours. <laughs> and it is mine. Half of this table is taking up everything. I think podcasts, uh, and the reason why I didn't mean to interrupt the Procter Gamble is they are one of the first brands that worked with influencers on TikTok. Despite TikToks, I know we're talking about podcasts, but I thought I mentioned TikTok as a very, it's not safe to advertise on TikTok because there's a, they have a pedophile problem. They have a, what if your ad gets served just before someone talks about, uh, you know, Chinese people eating bats. That's yeah. how we got COVID-19. Yeah. There's no way to control that, and which is what why Google, Facebook, they're so advanced 
with their advertising rules and why they have almost like a monopoly is because their advertising rules are, are so strict and they provide that brand safety. Mind you, every one, once in a while you're still going to get a bad ad served in front of a bad video. Um, but I think um, brands are, they have to take a little bit of a risk. Um, of course, that comes from leaders or it comes from maybe the brand is a very risk-taking, let's say Dollar Shave Club. I don't know if that's still around, but I, I can see that as a brand that maybe doesn't, might not be as conservative as some a brand like Dove to using brand PNG's yep. um, umbrella. Um, but, I, you know, I think YouTube already had its own version of podcasts. I think podcasts are a battery-saving way of watching YouTube videos. Well, yeah, actually, and most of the big podcasts now, mm -hmm. when they publish the podcast, they also publish the videotape yeah. of the interview. And it, right. it's just done with, like, one camera. Right. You That's see people walking in in front of it. It's, it's very rudimentary. Yeah. It's not hard to watch. That's right. But you do get to see, like, the athlete talking, and maybe he's, right. he's even funnier because he's... Maybe I, short or using right? his, you know, his hands or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's a richer way to do it. That's right. But it's not as enjoyable, to be honest with you. It's, I, it, I enjoy driving in my car and listening to a funny story yeah. or walking boomer or doing yard work or doing whatever. It's, it's a little less if you have to sit down yeah. and stare at the TV and do nothing yeah. else. Exactly. And, and I think that's where people can multitask. I listen to podcasts while I'm yeah. painting or doing, I don't know. I, so I can't feel like I'm being productive in one way or another in one get two things done and um, I think there were a lot of YouTube videos where say someone is talking about their life story or you know their experience as say a transgender you know they're talking about their experience talking about stories oh story time that was a big tag uh, a trend on YouTube and you don't really need to really watch these people unless they're super I don't know they have a specific look like you said maybe this athlete adds to it and that's what makes this person stand out but yeah. a lot of people I think were listening to YouTube videos more than they were watching them they probably leave it on and they're doing something else I find that a, a pattern that I've experienced okay. and podcasts like you said it is such a big thing because people can be doing laundry and listen to podcasts and not be have to sit in front of the TV but and it's more portable it doesn't use up as much data and your wi-fi doesn't have to be as fast just those little things yeah. like that and but it is people, also funny i hate to interrupt because i set the table for you but i will interrupt the one other thing that i really find about podcasts is the voice like you know when a guy has a good voice or a woman has a good voice mm -hmm. it is it does it does make you feel good to listen to whatever they're, they does. can actually be telling you about making ice cream but yeah. if it's a soothing voice like ASMR. you know like martha stewart had a good voice i think that is a lot of what, what she yeah. had yeah, good deliveries. But anyways, so I, I do enjoy actually the audio part of it more than YouTube. I, I don't think I will transfer my watching to YouTube. No, um, it's it's not again. It's not transferable. Yeah. It's just, just for a different, different audience. You think it's for it's different purposes. I yeah. think if you love watching this person, they just have this dynamic, you know, charisma to them. That's where it works in their favor is to have a video. But say someone once has a really love. I mean, David Beckham. Come on, he's attractive, but his voice is Who? David Beckham. Oh, yeah. Voice is he would never survive. See, someone like him would never survive on a podcast, but he would do great on YouTube. That's right. what I mean by you can use it. But some people like he's got a little boy's voice. So, say someone has a really beautiful voice and they're on podcasts, and you know, of course, there are many ways to spice things up, adding sound effects and making things funny or whatever the style is. They may want to hide their appearance so that their voice is what leads to the imagination. Let's say if it was, um, you know, an erotic story. 
people might not want to know what you look like. They want to leave it. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, I mean, that's one form of, you know, audiobooks, it could be podcasts, just any sort of listening yeah. medium. So, I wonder if, I wonder if po- audiobooks are popular. Audiobooks are popular. I what, think they what's started the app? probably... What's the service that you... It's um, called, oh, I think they're Audible. Audible. Audible, Audible, yeah, Audible, yeah. And there may be another one, but I think Audible is the leading uh, app. Right. Mm-hmm. But I, I think podcasts are... It, it's just another way to consume content. Again, a lot of YouTubers have podcasts and they talk about something else. Just to create as much points of contact to their listening exactly. audience as possible. Yeah? I can be here okay. when you're eating your chips. I can be here when you're doing mopping the floor. And I can also be there when you're scrolling through your phone. The more time to see me, the closer you feel to me. And the, you know, the more influence I have on you. Yeah, interesting. Okay, and so the first, the one thing that I I thought of as you were talking was advertisers. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Do you think uh, society will reduce their um, reduce their expectation or get a little more casual with advertisers? Say, like in your example about well, Procter and Gamble may not want to be on TikTok because they don't want Dove served. Stub soap ads served just before you know a, a jerk is on there or something negative, which would be negative to the brand. Mm-hmm. So it's negative to the brand, but really what they're worried about is getting their audience, insulting their audience, or getting or having some kind of negative without an actual person. Do you think people will go, oh, you know, how could Procter and Gamble know? I mean, I'm not going to get mad or stop buying Dub soap because they were served before or after. Um, a negative video that I saw. Do you think? Do you think we're gonna get there, or is it always gonna be we just we can't risk being on these new forms of media? So, or maybe they'll maybe you know maybe Procter and Gamble will start new brands. So instead they'll make Dove, but they'll call it Love, and they'll be on TikTok. No, I think those things happen already. Those things have. I mean, these brands have survived decades, and there's been marketing or advertising mishaps, wrong placements, many many times more than we know. We only see one aspect of you know the brand, and it may not be a good fit for Dove, but using the Dollar Shave Club example that we were talking about, it might be a good fit for another brand. And when you have a different demographic, one may be more forgiving than another. You might not want to show a gay-friendly ad to someone to a state in the United States of America that's a lot more conservative. So right. it doesn't matter. It's not necessarily the placement either that's a risk. It's where even geographically. You could have accidentally served this, or Nike with, with their bold ads and you know um, speaking on politics. Uh, people are burning their shoes, but hey, that's not who they're trying to. When you build, they know they have a great product. At the end of the day, people are gonna forget. There's gonna be new generations. It takes 30 years on average for any new mindset to form or new norm to be understood or accepted. So they know which direction they're going, and they're going to go toward it because they know that's the way society is moving. So not necessarily just, I think people are, are they accepting? Yes. All right. Would the brand love, you know, go, it's, is it bigger than just seeing a wrong ad on a different problem? I don't think consumers necessarily think that way. I don't think they see an ad in front of a bad video and they necessarily associate the ad. I don't think so either. But some people do. And that's where you want to limit that risk. Why risk it when? So that's where the some brands are conservative, some brands are. Yeah, because we we know we're in the first stages of 
advertising on podcasts or advertising for influencers because it's not mainstream products. What do you mean not mainstream products? Well, so if there's a podcast for two hockey players, they're advertising like, uh, wow, what do they advertise? Okay. I mean, they are advertising some obscure things. I'm trying to think of some of the things. I mean, I guess they do sometimes, I mean, they do like uh, Dunkin' Donuts, which is mainstream. Because mm-hmm. they, they, I mean, they talk about off-color things, right? So it's mostly men's products, um, like shaving products and trimming products and things like that. So it's not really things where you would ever see advertising anywhere else. In fact, I couldn't even name the, I know what the products do, but I couldn't name their, the because they're not mainstream enough, I wouldn't even remember. The I products. think that goes both ways. It's not that brands who are not mainstream choose to advertise on podcasts. There are a lot more different factors. Whether it be this podcast couldn't get any better sponsors, yeah. or it could be that this particular brand, because it's so small, it cannot afford a TV spot, so yeah. it has to try yeah. not traditional well, channels. And I'm always interested. Like, so there was a hockey player that came. Was his contract was. Uh, uh, ended. It was canceled because he was a part of a a messaging group, and they were talking badly about other players and other players' wives. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't much to get rid of him because I think he only had two or three months left on his contract, and the NHL is closed. But you know, the week before that, the podcast that I listened to were they? I mean, they were saying things that were off color. Not about it. They never really ever. They, well, they never ever talk about someone specific, but they would talk generally about people, mm-hmm. and in, you know, in a humorous, kind of uh, demeaning way for sure. And then I'm often wondering, it's like, okay, is that what's going to like kill their advertisers, or is this, you know, because they 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 do have big advertisers. They have like uh, Budweiser, and and they have, I mentioned they have Dunkin' Donuts because they're a, I think a, the Northeast United States is a big market for them. So Dunkin' Donuts is like Tim Hortons for Boston and New York. And, it's the eastern seaboard. It is always a risk for yeah. advertisers because you can never control this. You can't control that pox specific one because you may have to approve it. But for future ones, let's say, this is why celebrities celebrities get into bad PR and makeup lines have to or whatever product it is have to be pulled because they no longer want to associate yeah. with that celebrity. I guess that's so a good that, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. But at the same time, your podcast they're popular because they go off color, and as long as you know. The listeners are exactly who your tar- target demographics are. It doesn't really matter unless, unless they're making racial slurs or you know yeah. things. Yeah. No, and that might be a good actually. Advertisers, um, it's, it advertising might be the the uh, balancing um, measure in all of this. Like it, they they will be keeping people uh, talking within the lines of civility and uh, at least being civil and being polite is, well, if you really go off-color and you're really wild and crazy just to get your audience, you're not going to succeed because there's no advertisers that are going to support you. No one will want to be a part of something that is so off-color, unless it's way out there and it's very minuscule. The the, the company that would want to advertise for that would be not national. But who's to say that getting an advertiser is the definition of success? It doesn't really have to be. That's No, I think most of these people are in there. They are there to express themselves and maybe have some post-retirement... Um, occupation or it's a pastime, but I think at the end of the day, they are doing it for the thousand um, dollars per podcast or whatever. I disagree because podcasts are also a great way to build your reputation oh, and yeah. show that build your celebrity. 
I'm just, I think this, what I'm, my opinion is, because then again, going back to different platforms can be used for different purposes. You can use YouTube to, let's say, let's say for a podcast, you can show that you are knowledgeable and you are able to carry a conversation. Say your end goal is to become a sports broadcaster mm -hmm. and you can show that you can go all in the different ranges. This is just an example. And you don't need advertisers to do that. And you can get an advertiser on your YouTube videos and not your podcasts. It's, it could be just another way to connect with your audience. It, it goes yeah. beyond money. When or people, prove that you have an audience. Or prove that you have an you audience. You could be, get hired it by some other metrics. media company. The yeah. more audiences you have on more platforms, it shows that you you are beyond just a pretty face. You are a, you know, you're educated. You can speak. People actually want to listen to you yeah, and you your soul and not yeah. just look at you. So I, I, I don't think necessarily the advertiser will keep people in line because there are many, many stories to this day from back when advertising started that there's bad PR that pop up all the time. And people learn from the mistakes. People get over it and advertising will still come back and advertise with you because guess what? You have the audience that they need to reach. Kobe Bryant is a good example. Why? Well, he had a PR disaster early on his career. He survived. Yes. Okay, so uh, another, now so we're at the hour mark. So this is a major threshold. I've never had uh, content past an hour. I bet you after you edit this, it's going to be 32 minutes. Oh, I think people will be disappointed if they found out that I was editing your comments. <laughs> and there's not a lot of gaps. Okay, so that, that might be a good segue to uh, segment three. We'll shut off. Uh, we'll shut off the lights of the studio now. <laughs> Well, stop recording. Stacy, <laughs> coffee. Stay tuned. It, no, it's it's uh, Sally. Yeah. Oh, Sally. <laughs> She's not going to be happy that you've got have her name wrong. <laughs> Sally's not very she happy. Spit my coffee. <laughs> okay, Sally. We have to apologize to Sally during the break. <laughs> we may have to get it. We. She may just leave. We may have to get another name. <laughs> Sally is her feelings are hurt. So now we're been joined by uh, Stacy and Kyle in the control booth. Uh, they will be helping. It probably is, in hindsight, a two-person job. Sally was a little overworked. So, um, I'm going to start this off uh, with my new uh, found um, instruction. So, Grace finds herself at a crossroads. She's Her career has started. She's doing really well. She's uh, looked to by many people. This is my opinion. This is my editorial. Okay. Um, she has been involved in the food and restaurant and I mean phone eats first is is a term that came up from Instagram with you know food is served at a restaurant the food is placed on the table and before anyone can eat the pictures get taken phone yeah. eats first it's a nice way to describe it. I never I don't think I ever really we ever really talked about that but it, it, it probably became a hashtag I'm amazed you got it actually yeah. but it's uh I mean it, it's it's a the reason why it works and the reason why it stayed as a hashtag is because it makes so much sense. If you've ever eaten with people who like to take photos, it's always, don't touch anything. It's oh, perfect. Mom. Don't eat. Can you wait? Do you mind? Click. So she's gone from that where uh, she had 15, 16, 17,000 followers uh, wanting to see where she's been around the world and what she's eating and what she's enjoying and her lifestyle. And so she's thought about segueing into fashion. And so she started taking pictures 
She's turned the camera around. She's taking pictures of herself. That does not sound narcissistic at all. Listen, this is, <laughs> this is, you are not a narcissistic, you, you are not, this, it's not, I, no, it's, not. this is all genuine. This is my analysis. This is my editorial. You can okay. disagree. So it, it, there's parts of it that make you feel uncomfortable. Parts of it that make you think that I might be uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> but it is, I mean, you are, it's a different way to express yourself. Yeah, I think you were maybe worried that you may lose followers because they were wanting just to follow your trails Which around the uh, restaurant scene. The many different ways to have waffles and poutine. So this is, uh, I mean, this, and this is going up the food chain. This is, I mean, I think fashion is a more lucrative, high-end segment of uh, the world of consumption and the world of content creation. So, I, I mean, I support this. I think it's really cool. And you're beautiful and smart, and I think you probably could add something that most fashion um, and style content creator can because they are just nice to look at, but their brain wasn't developed. And they don't speak 17 languages. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, you, the, your reach is crazy, right? Your, your, oh. your potential reach is crazy. Anyways, so I, I think you're struggling with that, maybe how am I going to do it? How do I get, how do you get into fashion? It's easy to find restaurants and, it's, and the, the, the segment, the market segment is so well defined of how to post photos mm -hmm. of food and it, it's not hard to not hard to believe why it's so easy to have followers when you're um, consuming food, especially in Toronto. Toronto is such a, a yeah. food. That's right. There's so many types of good foods and good restaurants just because it's such a multicultural city. That's right. So my question is, and I will shut up once I ask it. <laughs> how do you see... How interested are you in fashion, and how do you see you um, entering into the market of fashion, either by a content creator or a maybe a fashion creator or a fashion reviewer? Or, you know, it's all of those things. So, where do you see yourself? I don't know if I see myself as a reviewer, like to speak on fashion. I. I wish I knew more history about fashion. I, I do like to read about that, but I would never want to, and that was the same with food too, I never wanted, wanted to be opinionated in a way that I'm telling you what to do, or you as in, in general, general people. I wanted to share what I have, what it tasted like, and you decide if you want it or not. And I think for fashion, the it's even more, I mean, food is, visually appetizing thing it's hard to you know have a podcast about food but of course it's doable um and maybe that's where the youtube video where you have the recording of the podcast comes in but fashion is purely if you were to describe a sandal with you know for someone who does not know what gladiator sandals that even means like gladiator how does that make it's hard to really put that um into words and when you're mixing and matching i think the visual component is becomes really important and of course you need someone to actually genuinely superficial or not you need to look decent mm -hmm. more than decent in the clothes that you like or would like to wear yeah. um, and also of course to be appealing I mean sex is a big part of the fashion industry and 
that's why there's modeling agencies. That's why you have to, you know, be uh, attractive or you have to have a, have to have a certain look. So, I, you know, I haven't really thought about what that is. I've always like. I think many people have. They grew up, you know, liking fashion. I was always sketching and illustrating fashion items mm -hmm. when I was younger. I don't remember this, but there's pictures of me doing that. So I think it's become maybe almost a full circle where my interest is now peaked and I'm aware of that interest. But whether if it's something that I would just want to have as part of whatever it is I, that I do or I actually want to actively speak on fashion, I don't know. I don't know if I'm in really in the right place to... It's like a chef. You're not a chef, but you talk about how this could have been... You know, you should have added this and that. It's right. So, so have you thought, okay, so I want to show people how I'm consuming fashion or what my eyes are seeing as I buy it and what I like? Yeah. I, I understand your personality isn't probably... I've just interrupted you. It isn't to say, oh, look at this god-awful fashion coming out of Italy this spring for skirts. Mm -hmm. It would be, look at this great find that I found. Exactly. And I that's where the voice really comes in. There are, there's a page called Diet Prada, which really speaks on designer knockoffs, where this designer is exposing designers of things that they should not be saying, say Dolce, Dolce & Gabbana, making racist ads, and they really call it, and their power is, it's incredible. They, they really almost shut the brand down. Yeah. And, um, and the power is there, but for, I think, when you're that sassy type of person, and you have that personality to carry that, I, I don't think I do. I can... I make jokes and I make fun of things, but I, it's never out of like a core sort of I want to or I need to. So um, for me, it's really, I think fashion is part of the, what makes the visual picture more appealing. Mm -hmm. It could be interior design, but you have a piece of clothing in it and it becomes more than fashion. It becomes more of a style or how the society is moving towards a um, crop tops are now acceptable, but I'm not really speaking on the fact that it's acceptable. I'm just showing it. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. So is this is this something that you have to get comfortable with, or you have to think about more? Um, you know, I do think that again. I've always just started without being ready, and that's how you're supposed to do it. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'll ever be ready. It is. But you are ready. You have followers. You um, can take photos, and you look good in photos and you, no, um, and you know how to, you know how to create the content and you know how to capture it and you know how to express it. You know how to get it to a crowd market. I, yeah, I, I mean, not yeah, as in I agree with you, but it's yeah, as in yes, it does sound like I have all the tools readily available in front of me. I think, I mean, a big part of it's fear. I don't want people to think I'm trying to... You think you're so pretty, you can just jump into fashion. Oh, that too, yes. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. And, um, I mean, I have co-workers who follow me, and I know they talk about it, and I know that's, you know, people say, oh, you're asking for it, though, since you're still posting about this stuff. But mm -hmm. it's weird when, you know, you go to work, and people go, oh, my gosh, I saw this picture of you in front of a meeting, and, and, and that's not appropriate at all, at all, but... It sort of instills this... <laughs> it was 3 o'clock in the morning and I liked your photos. I mean, it doesn't... It's just not relevant to anything. And yeah. you get a little self... You can't help but get a little self-conscious. And 
not, of course, and when it comes to insecurity, it's a little hard to get started, and uh, doesn't help that I don't really know exactly what I'm really doing. Not that I ever really did. I think I've just kind of said yes, and I just did it. And I just, I, I guess I'm scared that I, I won't do a good job of something, or I... Yeah. I think fashion is probably a very closed industry, too. They don't it, want newcomers. It is. I mean, you mean, sorry, you mean the... Um, well, I'll, I'll tell the, I'll share the story in a minute about yeah. my effort to help you, but... Oh. But it's probably closed, like, you know, it's, it's so lucrative and so, um, almost... It's so upscale that they don't want new ideas or new... They don't want to change it too fast because yeah. the, basically the money will be split between more and more people. For me, and I don't think I told you this, for me, Instagram has always been a means to an end for me. It's never been that I'm... My goal here is to be Instagram famous. My goal here... I mean, I didn't think that when I started... My pure goal was I'm going to help... If I get a thousand followers, I'm going to post the crap out of this restaurant that my friend opened. I didn't think about I would get advertisement products or I get PR packages sent to me. I never, you know, that's not something you ever really think about, of course, when that happens. You, or, you know, you hope to have more of those opportunities. Um, but I've always thought of it as I want it to be. Oh, did that her out? Yeah, I'll text her. Okay. Um, I never thought of it to be something that. I would just stay on. It was, I want to make conversations, then you know what, I'm going to bring up Instagram. Or in fashion, I'm really keen to understand the ins and outs of the industry and fast fashion and how we can make things more sustainable, and especially after learning about, learning many more facts after the project with the UN. And that became like a, how can we all collectively do our parts? So um, it's really more so how can I just get started and as a foot in versus be this fashion connoisseur or whatever connoisseur I said that really weird connoisseur connoisseur <clears throat> yeah so uh, the slight interruption there was um, my neighbor's dogs are outside running around and they've been running around for two or three minutes so I just text and say hey you need some help so um, yeah so it wasn't a means to an end so you, I guess what you have is you have these skills you develop skills. You know, you are, you are. I would say, probably have the skills and abilities of a professional photographer. Okay, so we're back, segment four, uh, with Grace Pan, just diving into the deep brain, the deep levels of experience and interests that Grace Pan has. It's always so much fun to talk to her. That's very nice. Um, so where we left off was what I wanted to say and get your ideas or your responses. Mm. You have these skills, you have the ability to take a photo or at least have a professional or someone who wants to take a photo and instruct that person on how to take photos and what they're trying to capture and you have the ability to uh, understand metrics and how to uh, gather followers and give them what they want. Um, you have a 35,000 view of how to work with agencies. 3,500? 35,000 foot view? What, did I say 3,500? I don't know what you said. What's 35,000? 35,000 foot view. So that is, you're in an airplane. You can see the big oh. picture. They fly at 35,000 feet. When you're working the day-to-day -day in the trenches, you're at like front oh. lines. I could have said 3,500 foot view because I've already said August long weekend. 
I think I this is a topic that I'm going to do on my in my podcast myself, just for my own exploration. I'm going to be Malcolm Gladwell. I think I have a disease, a mental problem with pronouns. And I know I've read this about George W. Bush. Okay. He would mess up pronouns. Like? What's an example? May for August. Okay. Wife for sister. Daughter for son. Him and her. Like he'd say, I was at her house last night. And he meant, I was at her house eating his food. Like he, he would mix up all his pronouns. Okay. It's a mental condition. It's like a, a synapse in your brain, I think. I need to look at this. Because I opened the podcast by saying, it's the August long weekend here. And I know it's not the August long we weekend. We all do that when it's we're 12 here. degrees. But I wasn't really nervous. I think I just disengaged from my brain for a bit. I don't know. It's weird. I'm going to look this up. Okay. Side. (laughs) Back to on the rails. (laughs) So you have these skills that aren't common, that aren't plentiful. And on top of it, you're a genius. Okay. Wow. We should do this more often. um, Oh, I, I think if you measured your IQ, it would be off the charts. And whatever deficiency you have is because English isn't your first language, generally. I mean, what did you just ask me? 35,000 foot view. Like, I mean, that is a... Most people who have are educated and are to your level would know what a 35,000 view is. Or maybe it's just a term that your generation My generation, yeah. Yep. Okay. So, but that's a good example. I say things like a 35,000 foot view and you're like, what? Yeah. So you have these skills, abilities, interests... Um, really, and, and like a, a perspective that is right on the, it's right on the front lines of today's media and business. And so you've talked about fashion, whether you be a wearer of fashion, otherwise known as a model or a reviewer of fashion. Mm-hmm. And so do you want to be, do you want to take your, your account and profile to like Phone knows Prada or the devil knows phone. No, I'm staying away from the phone name. No, you know what I mean. Like, are you taking your your the, the device that you carry in your hand to fashion and do it through the phone and through Instagram and do it through social media, or do you want to be a, a influencer in the sense that I'm look at this is my what I'm wearing to brunch today, a cute little crop top and some capri pants combined with some sandals, all that I got on Amazon. I. Instagram is gonna be always gonna be my means to an end. I'm always going to use Instagram as almost a business card. Instagram would love to hear that. Like it's your. That's it's your... not my destination. Okay. I started with a means to an end when I started to make conversation with people and to network with people. I was school. Everybody's gonna be talking about their internships, and I didn't really go the traditional internship route. So I wanted to talk about something else and now it's not really a means to end to become this fashion influencer who put and by the way those are that's to add to the list of cringy things on instagram oh for sure um but i see it as fashion is a way to be respected if you have a label on yourself you appeal to a certain or you get into a certain um social class and if you can show that you understand it, people could perceive it as, oh, she could also understand it. So say, if one day I were to become a full-time talent manager, I want to show that I know what looking good looks like. And if I can make myself, who is not, I think I look average, a person look decent, then I can make someone who looks way better 
look a thousand times better. Yeah, and you'd be able to brand them. And that's exactly I mean, how I got my first job or how, my, how I got my first corporate job too, um, is showing that if me as a little person can have this audience, then if you're a brand, a big brand, you don't have that. You are not doing something right. So it's never really going to be my, you know, so you want to take you want to take it to your interest is being at thirty five thousand feet. You don't want to be person. Yeah, saying. I use Instagram to learn the platform and to you can't know user behavior unless you can read so many reports about trends and um, the way people consume. But if you're not using it, you're not investing time in it. You don't know what likes mean. You don't know what shares mean. I usually, I mean, I'm taking mental notes when I'm sharing something with somebody. I'm like. What made me share this with my friend? Or yeah. why didn't I share this with this friend, but the other one? Which picture when I share it, do I add a message? And which ones do I not add a message? How can I recreate something that people want, want you to send to people? So you need to start the Grace Pan Agency. Just... The GPA. Yeah. It doesn't get more even than that. See, so I think you've answered to me what you really want to do. You should, so you should do it. Have an agency? Yeah. Because you have this, these skills that um, the, um, the food chain, the business food chain need. So that is content creators, people who are going to wear fashion and the people who are going to consume it and the people who are the advertisers who want to reach audiences. You're in, you're in a great position. I mean, you're in a great position anyways, but that's, uh, yeah, that, this has been, I, I mean, this has been really good for me. I, I don't, I'm sure it has been of no use to you, but. Hopefully, um, has been good for you. your audience, uh, my audience, uh, has enjoyed the conversation. And uh, uh, was at least okay with me interrupting you. <laughs> um, you should add the, um, if you would like to find out more, you can find, you can find Brian at, at 2 Banks one <laughs> on Instagram for more information. This is the Listen Here podcast at oh. Two Banks One. That's right. Tune in in however long you're going to do the next one. Weekly. Weekly. Yep. And so, what else? We'd like to thank uh, Stacy and Kyle for taking over the reins quickly without much notice from Sally. Welcome back to the final segment. I have Grace in studio again as we say goodbye to her on this rainy Monday of a long weekend. I really enjoyed that, Grace. Thank you very much. And she really gave me some good tips uh, off camera, off mic. So uh, if anyone wants to reach out to me with ideas or answers or point out any mistakes that I've made, I can be found at 2Banks1 on Twitter or 2Banks1 on Instagram. It's the easiest way. Uh, we hope to make this a weekly podcast. I'm going to need some feedback from our, our listeners on uh, things they'd like to listen to. And I need to do some research on how to do some telephone interviews. But with that, I'll thank you for listening. And uh, have a good rest of the weekend and a good week as you listen to this podcast. Bye for now.